This is The Greatest Unknowns. Some of the best movies you may never have heard of. Now play. Welcome everybody to The Greatest Unknowns. I'm your host, local actor, filmmaker, writer, and lover of all things on the silver screen, Alex Caperton. Now, as we all know, there are a bunch of great movies out there. And some of them just fall through the cracks, whether they're foreign or independent or just plain lesser known. And that's where this podcast comes in. I have gathered friends and movie enthusiasts to bring you some of the greatest unknowns. Now, tonight I am joined first and foremost by my friend, um, fair weather actor and writer and a not so snobby film snob, Mr. Brian Blevins. Brian, how are you today? Hello, hello, good, thank you, thank you. Uh, I'm okay. I, uh, if I'm being perfectly honest, I may or may not have gotten up very recently from bed. <laughs> That's okay. We're in a pandemic, so no judgment here. <laughs> it happens, it happens. I won't be divulging um, uh, information about that, but yes. <laughs> well, then I shall ask no more questions. There we go, great to have you with us, Brian. And next I have local production assistant and film enthusiast, Mr. Danny Max. Danny, how are you today? Hey, I'm good, how are you? I'm doing great. It is so nice to meet you, Danny. Nice to meet you too, dude. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to having you, my man. Thanks, man. And lastly, I have the local filmmaker who has had his, he says ugly, but it's not true, mug in front of a camera a few times who is also a Snickers enthusiast, Mr. Jared Acker. Jared, yeah, great to have you. It is great to have you too. I miss seeing you around. I miss the film community. I miss all you guys. So it's good to be kind of face to face. This is great. Oh man, yeah, this is this is a lifesaver in pandemic times. It's I, I miss you guys. I miss <laughs> film. I miss the rains down in Africa. I miss all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I hear they're blessed. So. I hear they are too. Yeah. I'm going to take some time to do the things I never had since I've got it. <laughs> All right. Well, the film we're watching tonight is Infinity Chamber. Um, now, one of the biggest themes of it is that uh, it, there's a machine that the main character has memories, but the machine is telling him that some of them are real when they're not. So that said, we're going to play a small game. It's called Truth or Tabloid. Now, we have so many different um, news sources out there, and sometimes headlines get a little crazy. I can say that from having worked in local news for about three years, but um, sometimes you can't tell whether it's the onion or the truth. <laughs> Couldn't think of a pun on the onion, the pun. <laughs> so I'm going to give you uh, some different headlines here. And your job is to tell me without researching on the Google or the Facebook, whether they are truth or not as much. Fake news, as one would say. Fake news. All right. You guys ready? Oh, yeah. I'm excited. All right. Number one. Wait, I'm not ready. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're all ready. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number one, a New Zealand sitcom about a plus size couple has been canceled after two episodes when it was revealed that one of its lead actors was actually wearing a fat suit and padding rather than them casting a plus size actor. No. I, I feel like that's like, uh, I feel like that's the onion. Yeah, I would think that during a casting process, like, how could that slip through? I'm going to say that's fake, too. I'm going to say that's true. Ooh. So someone's going to be right. Well, two people are going to be right, let's say. Oh, it is yes. a tabloid. <laughs> you and me, Brian. Hey. Look at us. Hey. Well, you guys got the first one. Now, let's see how many you can get from here. Number two, in Cleveland, police were called to a Dollar General at 3 a.m. because of a burglary. Upon further investigation, the perp was three. 
Oh man, I could I can see that being can true. See that happening. Yeah, I, I, that's plausible. Especially in Cleveland. Question mark. Yeah. <laughs> Especially Cleveland. I, yeah. Sorry, Cleveland. You know it's true. Oh man, I think I think I may have given it away when I said it was in Cleveland. That one is true. That happened in <laughs> the early two thousands, and wow. he broke in just to play with the toys. Of course. I've seen a lot of cartoons in my day about that. We know it's real. Yeah. Oh yeah, the cartoons are totally real. <laughs> Tom and Jerry. I mean, that stuff happens all the time as an owner of cats. Yes. All right. Number three. An ad for a zero-bedroom, two-bath townhouse was listed online in a small town in Missouri. In reality, this was just an empty Burger King. <laughs> that is true. No, wait. Yeah. Oh. Man, I'm gonna I say saw someone true. post something about this. Really? Yeah, but I don't I know gonna... from the Onion or if it was real. Okay. <laughs> I feel uh, like I was I... gonna say I saw this online. <laughs> I'm gonna say that it is true because I saw Alex Johnson post this <laughs> article. That's where I got that story too, and Alex Johnson is correct. It is the truth. Yes. What? Oh man. Now the story behind it is apparently whoever listed it meant to list it as commercial real estate rather than residential and it was not discovered until much later gotcha. hilarious alex he johnson, did it I owe you a drink did it by accident? Alex johnson if you're listening i miss you <laughs> i bet he will be listening in fact when this episode comes out i'm gonna tag him and say alex yeah. yes <laughs> you got me a point please also you got to be on an episode at one point i'll tell him that <laughs> All right. Now, from here out, uh, they're going to get a little bit trickier. Just kidding. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Number four. Me. An Iowa woman found out that her boyfriend of 18 months, whom she only communicated with online, was actually a 21-year-old USC student who created the persona for a sociology project. I, I feel like that would be true, and I'm kind of curious to know what the name of his persona would be. I, I kind of think, I feel like some form of that happens all the time, doesn't it? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's famous. All right, so Brian, you say it's true. Danny, you say it's true? I'm going to say it's true also. Jared says it's true, and guess what? You're all wrong. That one's a tagline. No! Oh. No! But you're right, it sounds very true. I mean, we all saw what happened to Man Titeo. Wow. Two for two. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was my first miss. I'm ashamed. Oh man, I'm ashamed for you. <laughs> Not really. I'm used to it by now. And finally, last but not least. Ooh. The gaming company that you may have heard of, Nintendo, Ooh. is now under fire because its game Mario Kart Tour for smartphones features Luigi, the character who is Mario's son, I mean brother, unless you saw that one god-awful movie from the 90s, <laughs> dressed in Lederhosen, which non-Bavarian Germans find to be an incredibly offensive racial stereotype. Oh, I feel like I would have seen uh, something about that by now. I haven't. Likewise, I, I'm going to say that's not true. You're going to say tabloid? Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't even heard of that the game. So I, there's like five things on there that I'm not confirmed well, it, for. It's that, it's that new like Mario Kart VR thing, right? Is that? Um, hmm. No, Mario Kart Tour is a, an app for the smartphones. Oh. Okay. okay. I never heard of it. Still, yeah, I feel like yeah, I feel like I would have heard some about it. All right, so tabloid all around. Yep. And you guys are wrong. This is true. Uh, Dang fact, it! This happened very recently. Um, a German gamer even made a 12-minute video saying that he thought Nintendo was actually racist because Lederhosen is only worn in Bavaria. Wow! Wow! Okay. So How many people? <laughs> We're in Lederhosen. Racist Luigi. 
Not in northern Germany, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Luigi. Oh, man. But um, it's not really clear how many people were actually upset about it or whether they were just commenting on it. But either way, it did happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys did very well on that one. I feel yeah. like I did terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got two rights. So good. There you go. That's good. <laughs> I got a 60% maybe. Yeah. Look at Sorry, what were you saying? Oh, got a 60%, so it's not bad. Hey, I passed uh, high school with a 60%. uh, (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or more. We'll let that one, um, I will answer no further questions about that. (laughs) All right. But um, now, going from that game that we just played um now i know a lot of those because of how crazy headlines are sometimes you can't even tell but um have you ever had a memory in your head that you were so sure was real but then over time you think about it again and you realize you got some of the details wrong Hmm. we talking like mandela effect or are we talking like what or we just like slipped slipped my memory um, either way. I mean, I know the Mandela yeah. effect is something that uh, is not a rarity. Yeah. I've had it myself with the Fruit Loops. I <laughs> Fruit Loops, Bernstein Bears. Yep, Bernstein Bears. Uh, right. The Flintstones versus the Flintstones. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like going back through memories of childhood and just talking with my sisters about things that happened to us growing up. Yeah, there's certainly some things that I thought probably perceived to happen in a different way that actually did happen. And yeah, I feel like it happens all the time. Probably too much. I'm worried. Yeah, for me, it's uh, little details. Like I'll get almost everything right. And then there's like, I'll be looking through home videos and I'll be like, did we have that? I don't, there's a giant rug on the wall and I don't remember that being there. (laughs) It's in all the pictures, so it had to have been there. I'm kind but, of in the same uh, boat. Yeah. I just I I forget small details, but like I'm kind of doing the same thing. Yeah, I found that happen to me too, with like both small details, or there was something that I remember so clearly happening, and then I talked to other people, and that never happened. You made it up. <laughs> <sighs> but. That is one of the plot points of Infinity Chamber, the movie that we'll be watching tonight. It is an indie sci-fi film. It won the uh, 2016 Boston Sci-Fi Film Festival. It was directed by independent filmmaker Travis Milloy. And honestly, for a low-budget indie project, uh, as you all will see, the special effects are incredible. Just from seeing the trailer alone, it um, And the way that I will preface it to any viewers who have not gotten to watch the trailer, um, or listeners, I should say, unless they're trying to watch sound or something like that. <laughs> Do we have any bats listening? But <laughs> um, think Shawshank, but with more robots. <laughs> I love that. Well, that's what it needed. It's the only thing missing. <laughs> that's yes. what I thought, too. That's Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> it needs more robots. Or sci-fi. Get busy uh, living or oh, get busy having your battery die. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian, I'm sorry. What were you saying? No, I was also doing a, a Morgan Freeman impression. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> How can you not? I mean, that's like anyone, anyone ever says the word Shawshank to me, I always go into no other character but Morgan Freeman's lines. I don't know why it is. <laughs> like someone asked me have you ever seen the movie Shawshank before I said that's goddamn right (laughs) (laughs) all right but without further ado to our listeners please uh, hit pause on your podcast and hit play on the movie if you haven't pulled up Uh, now Jared Danny and Brian are you ready for the infinity chamber yes sure I'll say that yeah Well, ready or not, here it comes. We'll see you back here in an hour, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, the Infinity Chamber.
Thank you for listening to The Greatest Unknowns. At this time, the podcast is in intermission, and we would like to remind you to pause the podcast until you have finished watching the film in its entirety. We will be entering the post-viewing discussion shortly. Once again, thank you for listening to The Greatest Unknowns, and enjoy the film. And welcome back, everybody. That was The Infinity Chamber, written and directed by indie director Travis Malloy. I'm your host, Alex Caperton, here with Danny Max, Jared Acker, and Brian Blevins. Guys, how'd you like the movie? I thought it was such a fantastic movie. It was so well done. The acting was incredible. Um, it exceeded my expectations. Yeah. Danny, Danny here, and Danny and I have been on a on an indie kick, just kind of going through Amazon and just scouring its whole indie list, watching a bunch of different movies, and we've come across some stinkers. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh, just the stinkiest movies. But uh, but this one exceeded my expectations. Yeah. Uh, just incredible. It was very very good. <sighs> Oh man, Brian, how about you? <laughs> uh, that was decent. I thought that was uh, they were definitely pretty innovative <laughs> uh, with yeah. their assets. I'd actually be having seen it and knowing that it's indie. I, I'd be interested to know more about the production, like the budget and everything. Yeah, yeah. So actually, I was, was, I, was um, I was looking through IMDb. Uh, while I was watching the movie, and I saw that the budget was only one hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. Wow! And and the director built all of the sets. Mm. <laughs> that crazy! It blows my mind. Like I, I was telling these guys before uh, before we hit record on here, I looking at the prison cell. I thought, okay. 80% of this has to be CGI'd, like at least that part, but <laughs> it's incredible that he built yeah. it himself. I, yeah. I could tell I uh, I worked a warehouse job and uh, the walls of the cell, I could tell they had like plastic pallets yeah. that you would like mm -hmm. put boxes on and move around. Yeah. I could tell that. And then the bed being like soundproof material, <laughs> I thought yeah. was funny. The eggshell. It's, it's yeah. It's innovative. It, like you could tell what things were, and that it was low budget. But knowing that made the look of the room actually more impressive to me. Like how it's uh, irregularly shaped, like the walls, and you have the lights up top. So yeah, that was. I'd be interested to know how he did that. Like if he actually put the four walls together. Yeah. Uh, to actually have like that much customization, or if he managed to find a room that looked like that, which right. either way, it's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> the the whole yeah the the whole set design was fantastic. Um, especially for for an indie film. I mean, with, with such like a limited budget, that, yeah. that's fantastic work. I I just love to see where people are crafting their own sets rather than just okay we set up a green screen we have a cgi artist uh, go nuts like, <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not he built that desert <laughs> crazy how much sand i know <laughs> and the oh. snow slopes too yeah the mountains everything nuts every grain of sand placed yeah. there on, on purpose yes exactly <laughs> and howard he built him that was <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's real AI. There was twelve iterations. Can you believe that the guy playing Howard actually looked like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Danny was saying that. Um, well, I'll let you say it. Yeah, yeah. About, about Howard. Um, so just out of the characters of the movie, um, I was I was pretty surprised of how much I got really emotionally invested into Howard's story. And not to spoil it for anybody who's listening, but I mean, oh, they'll have seen the movie by now. Okay. So, <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but with 
with Howard, I got, I found myself getting emotional because he was doing his job and he was the reason why Frank was kept alive for that time. And when I first met Howard, I thought of Hal from 2001 Space Odyssey. Yeah. I was going to mention that. that, yeah. And when, and I was like, oh, there's something, something not right about Howard. I'm like, he's going to do something like Hal, but he ended up, in my view, almost being, almost being the hero for the, for yeah. Frank. So I was just like, he's my favorite character, um, <laughs> personally, in that whole movie. So yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a nice. Sorry, Sorry. go ahead. Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say it's kind of a nice switch up to have like a Hal archetype character be um yeah someone you could get most emotionally invested in someone who's like actually as far as ai who's actually like um glitched in a way that makes the protagonist better able to survive <laughs> their yeah. circumstances right uh, happy glitch yeah happy, yeah. happy glitch it's a happy little glitch. good good for him everything worked right <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I see what you're saying about like the it it's interesting that uh, because there were reports of people getting attached to their AIs, and I think we saw that a little bit. Frank bonding with Howard. Yeah. There was an mm -hmm. article at one point I forget where I read it, but it was a someone who was saying they used to work for I forget the company that makes Roombas. I forget the name of that company, but. Uh, mm -hmm. He worked in tech support for them. Didn't iRobot? I mm -hmm. Or was that? iRobot, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Also another good movie, but. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. But anyway. She, uh, company. My favorite Shia LaBeouf film. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Although Eagle Eye does bear holes. some similarities here. It does. Right. Yeah. That. Um, but yeah, a woman called in and said that uh, her Roomba was broken and she said, I don't want it replaced. I want to keep my Roomba because she had bonded with this Roomba because like, <laughs> and yeah, she got her Roomba back and that kind of call wasn't uncommon. But uh, anyway, uh, not to go off on a Roomba tangent, but <laughs> but that, that's a good point. Just like getting connected to that and the 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 filmmakers i mean just did such a fantastic job with yeah. the the development relationship between frank and howard it was really parallel to 2001 space odyssey in yeah. my view there are many robots like it but this one is mine right, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> bender and fry from futurama there you go <laughs> yeah uh, a movie that i kind of thought of it like because of that ai companion was a uh, I was mentioning this also before we started recording. Have you guys seen the movie Moon? I know, Jared, you said you had. Yeah. With Sam Rockwell. Well, uh, Kevin Spacey voices a uh, robotic character in it, and he's Sam Rockwell's character's best friend for a time, and I'm not going to spoil what happens, but uh, again, that's another example of like the sympathetic <laughs> robot. Yeah. Man. Except for the fact that he's played by Kevin Spacey, that's kind of a drawback now. But right. <laughs> at the time, before we all knew about, <laughs> I heard Kevin Spacey, and I was like, "Things that have aged poorly." Right. Yeah. Like a shouter. <laughs> oh man! But uh, anyway, speaking of Howard, uh, he was originally presented like he was a warden almost a human warden in the very beginning how long did it take you guys to figure out oh he's a robot it took me a minute because there was a, like i at the beginning i was sitting there i was thinking like i when when he first kind of glitches there's some hands moving mm -hmm. in the control room and i'm like that's someone that, like, someone's there he's you know and then the way that he was speaking i was like it's just too it's just too uh human to be a robot and yeah. it took me a long time and when i found out that it was a robot i was like what it kind of blew my mind yeah, yeah. it yeah it, it threw me off when they showed the control room at the beginning um I, I don't know if i had ever like come to a conclusion on whether or not he was human but um yeah i definitely by the time 
that Frank was testing him, I was like, wait a minute, there's no reason that this guy couldn't be automated, especially because he was uh, repeating how he didn't know anything. And like, he had the specific job to do that was closed off. I, uh, I almost, I was anticipating the point that Frank made a little bit later, how uh, Howard's just as much a prisoner as he is mm, um, right. for that reason. Cause it like, he was just on his own, didn't know anything. It was just a job for him. Um, so yeah, but uh, it, it was, it was a good thing that they withheld that information, made that a little bit more of a twist, I thought. I, I, I did kind of enjoy that. I think uh, I, I did enjoy the little bit of misdirection at the beginning where you see in the control room and suddenly the voice is normal, like yeah. not robotic. And <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but I think the point... Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. I was saying the uh, point that I figured out that Howard was a robot was when he told him that he had a dog trapped in his apartment and Howard did not do anything to try and escalate the situation <laughs> because only a robot would not care about a dog. <laughs> a robot could not understand. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, like get the dog. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> about the dog. Well, we didn't know how evil the regime was that was keeping him prisoner. So right, right. <laughs> I thought it was it is possible that, that um they they said like that three hundred people were were down there in that prison. And it's just so creepy. Like a you know like the scene where he meets the leader. I think his name was Fletcher. Yep, Fletcher or the Alliance, and he's like, oh, they, nobody's coming. I was like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> and where it is is underground. I was like, oh my mm. gosh, dude, like. <laughs> scary I, I, I will say when they revealed that the guy the other guy was fletcher i uh i uh anticipated him to uh last a little bit longer <laughs> in yeah. terms of surviving yeah <laughs> i just wanted him to think he was a great actor and i'd like to see him on screen more yeah <laughs> yeah i it was uh i was anticipating a good dynamic there too I was I was invested in in that character actually like as soon as they revealed him. Yeah. <laughs> um, the guy who plays Frank, um, Jared and I were talking about just what a fantastic um, yeah. job the actor did. Yeah, he did. He was wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think he was the best of the of the cast that we saw in there, which is a good thing if he's the main character. <laughs> That's what you want, but um, yeah, I enjoyed him. Uh, the girl who played Gabby or whatever her name ended up being at the end, she was pretty good too. I I feel like I've seen her in other things before. I just I can't put my finger on it. <laughs> Everyone in this movie looked like someone that yeah, I yeah. Oh my gosh, there were so many times <laughs> watching this movie, I was like, that looks like young Nick Cage if he had long hair. This her. <laughs> Or I'd be like, oh, who's who are some others? Um, so I said, um, the guy from oh man, District Nine, um, the eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A um, little bit. Some we we had like a really good one, but I'm just kind of blanking on it right yeah, now. Me too. Auto um, company. He come. does have an Adrian Brody nose a little bit. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> or Adrian Brody. Uh. <laughs> Uh, his it looked like a profile was like Daniel Day Lewis. Too. Yeah, he kind of had a Daniel Day Lewis side profile. He he reminded me of someone like a slightly younger version of someone, and I'm actually looking him up right now. Unless my computer clicking is too annoying. Um, yeah, we don't hear it at all. Or I don't, at least. <laughs> Gosh, I'm trying to think of the name now. I think it was just uh, it was an HBO series following John Adams. And it's actually really good. Uh, and this guy that I'm thinking of plays Thomas Jefferson. Hmm. And that's who I think he looks like. <laughs> Not Thomas Jefferson, but the guy. Well, the guy who plays Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stephen Delane. Like a slightly younger, like he could be a nephew or something. But yeah, there was, uh, it was a, Pretty strong cast, I thought. 
like yeah. no one dragged it down or anything. I especially like that it was lesser known actors that uh, instead of like, okay, we're going to follow, <laughs> say, Tom Cruise into this prison, and then the girl from the memories is going to be like Emily Blunt. Mm -hmm. Yes, Emily right. Blunt, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. with the budget, that's the right. only thing they could do. <laughs> but it's oh, yeah. Unless they got the goodwill of uh, oh, yeah. David <laughs> Tennant. Yeah. Yeah. Little David Tennant mm -hmm. in there. That'd be interesting. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Dax Shepard. That's it. Yeah. We said like, like, this guy looks like Dax Shepard. Yeah. <laughs> I see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I forget what we're kind of mixing like. Oh, we're talking about the people. Angels. So, yeah man but like uh, yeah i feel like having like a big star in there like you know tom cruise would have i'm sure he would have done a, a good job but yeah. it's just kind of nice to see um unfamiliar faces yeah really oh, yeah. deliver a, 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 yeah exactly like a yeah. great performance so that was a really that was a pleasure yeah, that makes it a little bit more fun, too, because suddenly you're not looking at, okay, here's the guy from Mission Impossible <laughs> in another situation. Or... Right. right. Yeah, you can see this guy, and he's just Frank. He's not like, oh, this is the guy playing Frank. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the next role you see him in, though. <laughs> hey, that's Frank. <laughs> Darn. Oh, man, but... Uh... Did anyone else feel a little claustrophobic while watching that? There were there were times when he was escaping. I was feeling that. I was feeling very claustrophobic when when the when, <laughs> when the fog came in. Like ooh. Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, that hallway scene was a. Uh, that was cool. I I liked the look of the hallway. This weird industrial. It had a lot of the uh, personality for. For what you think it would look like right <laughs> but uh what was i gonna say before uh i can't think of it <laughs> it's all good man i um i i can't uh, i cannot imagine um just being trapped in there for for god knows how long it reminds me of quarantine you know mm -hmm. from from last yeah. year being like, I cannot do another, you know, two months and look, look where we're still at, you know, so right. it's uh, happy 11 months. That's what made this good. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hey, 11 months. 11 months um, but it, it, you know, definitely you can kind of empathize, I guess, with what Frank's going through with, you know, you're actually following the guidelines and staying home. That's yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a good quarantine movie. Right. Yeah. Terrible quarantine movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> either or yeah, yeah I, I think that's the I remembered the point I was going to make which was for me I, I think every movie like this where someone's trapped in a place uh, there's definitely um, a risk that it could drag a little bit with uh, especially when they fake you out in terms of like oh they're escaping now oh wait no they're not Mm. um that's i think that's how the claustrophobia translated for me was just like oh he's still here we got to get out of here <laughs> yeah. hate looking at these walls now <laughs> yeah. i thought like but, uh, like an interesting point that like i wanted to bring up was um humans relationships and machines and technology yeah because that's mm. always pretty popular um and it's ironic that a machine was the the hero, I guess, in the very end. Yeah. After they, you know, were a part of that oppressive regime. Yeah. And his relationship with it, mm -hmm. like talking about how he hated machines because it kept his father alive for longer than he should have, and mm -hmm. his father being on life support, and then Howard keeping him on life support for God knows how long. And then it was it was him who pulled the plug on Howard. So it was like this this whole very interesting arc to the relationship. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they called back to that pretty well, I thought. Yeah. Mm. Um, did, did I see correctly that the director um, Travis he directed and wrote the the film? He directed and wrote it. Whoa. That is correct. <laughs> that, that, that's some. And he designed the sets. The yeah. man is just a Busy. jack of all trades. Right. 
Man. There's a passion project. Right. <laughs> you won't get paid, but you get an IMDb credit. <laughs> it's worth it. Dude. I only have $125,000, folks. <laughs> Speaking of that credit, like, I, I was thinking, of, I was telling Jared about, I can only imagine the being, having production assistant experience, being the PA to press a smoke machine and messing up the timing or something. Sorry, guys. Like, <laughs> We well, press now we gotta reshoot this whole thing. Mess it up, sorry. Oh god. Whenever shit, whenever they showed the uh, the scanner in the uh, the coffee house, and, and I noticed that it was like a laser pointed to the the um, whatever they were using oh, yeah. as the scanner, that stressed me out a bit. I was like, oh, got to keep that aim really good. <laughs> Whoever had to do that, it's a tough job. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they uh, like I said at the beginning, this was uh, you could tell that a lot of work was put into like um, being creative with what they had. Yeah, which was fun to see at the very least. <laughs> I do enjoy seeing that. I remember I saw a picture of a someone did a set that looked like it was on an airplane, but the way they had done it mm -hmm. was they rigged together all these seats, and for the windows they had you saw the other side. It was a bunch of toilet seats. Oh yeah. Were, mm hmm. Uh, but it worked out right <laughs> what? it did work out <laughs> that's so cool <laughs> oh my god that's why no i'm not hoarding i'm a uh, keeping stuff for set design <laughs> <laughs> future projects yeah for when they make infinity chamber 2 i'm gonna be the project <laughs> 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 oh man uh, by the way, the ending. Um, so, did anyone catch at the very end the camera that looked like Howard in the coffee shop? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Made me uh, tear up a little bit. I was like, oh, <laughs> Howard's always there. <laughs> <laughs> at least Frank has a happy delusion. Right. <laughs> there you go. For once. Right, for once. <laughs> I'm trapped in my own head, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> At least I fell in love. At least right. there's a love interest. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it almost made me wonder, though. It's like, okay, is he still in the chamber? And Howard's mm. just like, okay, I'm going to let him be now. Or mm. is that just a security camera? Or <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's, right. yeah. That, that was a decent, decently ambiguous way to leave an either-or situation, sure. I thought. Yeah, I agree. I didn't actually think about that. That's a really good point. Yet, uh, it sort of made me think they were going for, and this is another movie that I kind of thought of when I was watching it, an Inception kind of ending where, yeah. is it real? Is it fake? The world yeah. may never know. <laughs> it's the spinning top. <laughs> Except in this case, the spinning top is just an inanimate object and can't be your friend. Just Howard. <laughs> right. It's just Howard. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> except he's deactivated now. So mm -hmm. poor Howard, poor guy. <laughs> I thought it was going to end that uh, that he was going to because they kept calling back to life support. I thought it was going to end that he was on life support, and when he escaped, they pulled the plug, and then the girl was going to be the nurse, and then Howard was going to be the voice of a doctor. And yeah, <laughs> wow. I kind of thought that was the direction they were going to go into, like oh. Like maybe this whole thing of him or his dad being on life support is really like his own fears of being on life support. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was kind of the direction they were going to go in. I'm glad they didn't. I thought it ended. <laughs> well. I'm, I'm glad it. I'm glad it uh, subverted my my expectations that way. It's like a genuinely good uh, independent sci-fi film, yeah. which you don't see. Um, mm -hmm. Alex, I think you mentioned though, the special effects. Um, the first thing that I noticed that I know we kind of talked about it too, but the, like the guns and everything are like the oh, yeah. laser effects. guns. Yeah. <laughs> really? I mean, it, I, I don't think I've ever seen that good of special effects on an independent sci-fi yeah. before. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's incredible to see what people can do on their own. Just like, okay, I crowdfunded this. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, that first shot when he was standing there and the two guys show up behind him with the guns drawn yeah. and you see the little tiny pink lasers. 
but there's like some particles flying over top of that and i was like at first i was like oh it's just gonna be like the like a weird pink dot with blur but it was like there was particles and stuff that made it look like it was actual laser and i was like that's really good yeah but it's really well thought of like it's just put some thought into it i loved it Mm. somebody really knew their after effects there (laughs) you're dead you don't want me doing that it would end up too (laughs) too good you know (laughs) no i was on the set of a an indie film i was the editor for it at one point and (laughs) the way that they did there was supposed to be a gunfight and i think the way that they got away with it was they had me just to brighten up one tiny part of the frame in front of the gun for just like half a frame or a couple of frames i mean yeah and i mean did it look realistic uh, as realistic as it can but uh, <laughs> <laughs> sure they, they, the gun's going off believe me <laughs> and your disbelief <laughs> It's your job to make it go off. Make it look believable, Alice. Come on. I know you can do it. Just conveniently cut to a different shot as it's going off. We don't need muzzle flash. No. I did see a friend uh, did a short film where two guys, there was a scene where a guy was supposed to be hunting a deer, but then they were supposed to cut to a picture of the deer he didn't get the stock photo yet. So for a placeholder, he just had a black screen with the word deer in all lowercase. And I told him, just look it in, it's Dadaism. Now it's an art film. <laughs> just get text that says, gun. <laughs> oh my gosh. It is representational. You have to read into it quite literally. <laughs> but yeah that was incredible the way that um like they were able to do that the laser and also the laser for the scanner going off yeah Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) that looked like it had a lot of work going into it yeah i I wonder if they had a time crunch where they couldn't like mount it onto something so it would stay still or if it was like too weird to do it that way like they couldn't figure out how to because hmm. I, I thought they probably should have done it that way but it it worked enough for like at the very least you would think the uh, laser should move like as it's scanning out so at least it could be believable in that sense right I can I can kind of see yeah. that were you uh, talking about the uh, scanner there in the coffee shop yeah yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah. But uh, I think overall, this is nice too, and I'm sure it's a side effect of the budget being uh, a little bit lower, but I, I'm definitely super tired of sci-fi that looks, it, it's like set 50 years in the future and like everything is futuristic, like buildings are made of like supercars and spaceships and there are giant like floating cars from like the Jetsons. Yeah, like flying saucers everywhere. (laughs) I'm glad that I'm glad that this could be a movie that's right. I'm glad that this could be more restrained because that always feels more uh, believable to me as a future world. Right, and this could be anywhere from like, okay, this is uh, the year like 2025. It could be anywhere from there to like this is the end of the 21st century and mm-hmm. yeah like yeah in that way it reminded me yeah i would say um uh her with uh joaquin phoenix is a good example of uh, a world that feels um restrained in that way mm-hmm. like it could be 25 years in the future or 100 but it looks believable because they don't overdo it yeah yeah Right. Another fantastic movie about humanity with, with AI. Yeah. Yeah, connecting. Yeah. Um, that's a really good point, though. You know, that's that's definitely a, something that I appreciate as well. But you just kind of put it into words <laughs> like that. Oh, like you like this could <laughs> this could have happened in you know 2025, 
but it's not like you know oh in the year 4000 um <laughs> or something like that so that's much appreciated. You're saying I'm glad they didn't Runner doesn't say sound year it doesn't, doesn't look believable. <laughs> Sorry, in 2049, it looked like Blade Runner. <laughs> it is the year 5000. Pepsi logos look exactly the same. <laughs> and the same with Budweiser. It works, actually. <laughs> but hey, at this point, we have uh, automated prisons, which uh, turn out not a good idea, but. It's <laughs> terrifying. They're still a work in progress, but they're pretty yeah. good. <laughs> I mean, inmates will die on occasion. By on occasion, I mean en masse, um, like 300, 400 at a time. But uh, hey, we're improving. <laughs> but have a Pepsi. <laughs> oh, boy. But yeah, I, I think another interesting thing, I think it was a good commentary on like not only the idea of AI, everything becoming automated, but um, like when he said there are some things that it made me think of the Jurassic Park quote, like the your scientists have been so I forget how it goes. And yeah, they could this, do. Yeah, your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they never stopped to think whether or not they should. Thank you. That's it. <laughs> but yeah, I think that. Um, it was interesting. They almost did that quote in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I just oh, saw cool. it was coming, and then they just yeah. went into something completely different. <sighs> but yeah, I think I think that's a good theme for these sci-fi movies of the idea of like, hey, we can, but uh, why should we? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Um. <laughs> And so I, I, somebody mentioned that. So this one, um, what was it like best? Uh, it was some sort of award, I think. Was it best, best sci-fi? Uh, yeah, but winner of the uh, Boston Sci-Fi Film Festival, I Boston guess. Sci-Fi. I can see why it won. I mean, yeah. the story is just fantastic. The story, the acting, mm-hmm. the edited, the pacing was great. Yeah, it, it kept your attention the whole time. Um, and I can tell if I'm not going to like a movie if I'm already looking at my phone like 10 minutes into it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's happened like once or twice. To, it happened to me in Ad Astra. Right. <laughs> it happened to me with, every, you know, Jack Black. I'm just kidding. But, you know, like, um, but, you know, it's, um, it definitely had, that's the testament though to who created this. And yeah. it goes to show that you don't have to be limited with as right. long as you have the minds and you can pretty much create anything. Yeah right so Hmm. yeah yeah that's a good point is um it's nice to see uh sci-fi get a good low budget treatment because that's definitely one of those genres where you don't want to have a restricted (laughs) budget right (laughs) oh yeah right the simpsons made fun of like low budget sci-fis like they had like the (laughs) astronauts like be like oh take off your helmets and like they'd smoke cigarettes and like you know you could see the spaceships on wires and <laughs> it's just nice to be like oh this is a, an actual good movie yeah. <laughs> right ed Maybe would, would be proud yeah. <laughs> oh man but yeah i've i've seen now jared i you did mention earlier that you were on kind of an indie movie kick on those prime indie movies oh yeah i've seen a couple on there that uh ooh. Oh, I can't oh, even man. remember the title, but there was one about this girl who kept going back in time, who learned about time travel. What? <laughs> and it just, I don't know what to make of it. I tried to follow the plot line. I tried <laughs> to follow the plot line. And uh, it just, I feel like it traded off a plot for special effects. And oh. <laughs> You find the name of that movie, you send it over to me because we've been we've been watching yeah. some stinkers and but enjoying it too, you know. Like we've been yeah. we've been enjoying some of the the yeah. just the just the absolute crud that's out there. Yeah. It's so it's <laughs> funny. Like we we I found some and I got like a list of five of them, and I'm like, I'm saving this for a bad movie night. Yeah. Just because it's fun <laughs> to watch some that are just train wrecks. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there is one that was uh, mentioned on, and I would recommend watching it without Mystery Science Theater, but uh, it was <laughs> on Mystery Science Theater, and it was made 
a few years ago. It's called I Kid You Not Atlantic Rim. Yeah. Oh yeah. Wait. <laughs> yeah. What? Uh, from Asylum. Yep. Yeah. What? I did those knockoff movies. Is, is unashamed, unashamedly <laughs> like, oh my gosh, they just whatever is popular they just make whatever is popular and they just do a ripoff of it no. dude oh my gosh they did like a Don't tell me. ripoff with the brothers grim what oh dude it's awful <laughs> Wait, oh they're so what? bad oh my god what was it called it's oh, i don't know the name of it I, but it's like it's like a um it's it's a marvel's ripoff but with like brothers grim fairy tales oh, oh no. it's so bad like, oh like, no no MCU, yeah but with like this sounds amazing. If yeah. any Hollywood producers listening, that's a great. Well, they, <laughs> yeah. they did that, and then they did, and then they did another movie with like fairy tale villains, oh. and they did a Suicide Squad thing. No. Oh, oh. Man, dude, it's incredible. What? Just go through anyone... list of movies and just, oh man, dude. Oh, dude. Yeah. That almost Does sounds anyone like remember that Transmorphers? Right. <laughs> the Transmorphers. <laughs> Instead of Optimus Prime, it's Prime Optimus. <laughs> I don't think the robots even had names. They didn't have enough budget for them. Right. <laughs> Instead of Optimus like Prime, scenes. it's Pessimus Prime. Yeah, Pessimus, Pessimus Prime. Delta. <laughs> no joke, though. There was like right. this uh, German company way back in the day that uh, they would make these movies that were just different enough from the land before time or the lion king <laughs> there was a meme that went around a few years ago it was called ye like y-e-e -E, where a dinosaur like ye oh yeah <laughs> that's yeah. what it was from <laughs> this land before time ripoff called dinosaur adventure i think oh what my god dude. was it yeah i think they made those were video games weren't they they did like animal yeah. soccer or something <laughs> so Bingo games. Swim good? Oh no, dude. No. God, swim. no. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> no. I wonder. I wonder how they get the money to make these. <laughs> yeah. Who's, who's producing? This? Oh, I'm sorry. RC Cola is producing. Them, so. <laughs> In <Mountain laughs> Instead of going here, Beta Max is one of our sponsors. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. It might be a new day bull situation. RC Cola. <laughs> it was an us. <laughs> We're still here. <laughs> we make coca-cola too <laughs> marmite funded it right <laughs> might be an uve bowl situation where it's just a money laundering scheme yeah. <laughs> right man. oh man yeah when that whole thing came out i remember there was one person like not to get too far away from sci-fi but uh, there was one person i knew who said that uh, as soon as uve bowl mentioned like I'm done making movies now. He was like, look at what the internet made this guy do. They trolled him because his movies weren't as good and now he doesn't want to make movies anymore. And then like, did you find out why? Uable, <laughs> 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 more like Uable. <laughs> I haven't seen any of his work. Technically, I can't say anything. It's <laughs> true. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, oh my god, it's nice to it's refreshing to see a sci-fi movie that was both independent, yeah. well acted, and had a coherent and decent plot. Thank, yeah. Thank God. I, I I do not like it when um like you know, time travel. Yes. Like, you really have to break it down for me, like, or else I'm just gonna not care. Oh man. Like um, <laughs> you know, like especially if they sacrifice the plot, like what you were saying earlier. I'm just gonna be like, well, I'm gonna go on Instagram said or like, you know, <laughs> and yeah. but definitely though, having a coherent plot just in anything just makes it that much better and yeah. for the audience to follow. This is reminding me of. Uh, have you guys heard of Primer? I, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen yeah. Primer. Yeah, part of it at least, but I think I fell asleep <laughs> halfway through the last time I watched it. I was in like early college. <laughs> yeah, this is what this, this is what this is reminding me of. And there's a plot where uh, you you really have to be paying attention to know where it goes, just because of how much they twist it. Um, in terms of like how much uh, they time travel and go back, 
and yeah. forth. Um, but yeah, that's uh, if if you're willing to stick with a time machine movie, <laughs> that's your ultimate test, as far as I can tell. I'm gonna uh, <laughs> and I'll report back to you though, Brian. <laughs> <I'm> gonna... <laughs> yeah, yeah. My one experience with that movie was it just. I think I was expecting something a little bit more uh, action-y rather than just like, we're going to talk in mumbled tones and uh, you know what we could use, you know what we could use, and then suddenly they take a child's toy and then put it in a thing and uh, the we Right, yeah. And now we know who sponsored that movie, but... (laughs) (laughs) Weebles wobble, but their movies flop. <laughs> I'm sorry, totally not not to make fun of Primer. I will give it another chance. I oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean to be fair, I thought it was boring if I hadn't divulged that. <laughs> right. But that's another that's another one where it's it's good to see like they used their budget well. Yeah, they yeah. did. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um does anybody know where it was filmed? I'm looking that up right now. Um, let's see, Infinity Chamber. Uh, I'm looking. I have IMDb up right now, actually, and they're saying um, mostly California. Park, California. It looks like California, especially with the windmills. I know California has so many windmills. So yeah. I mean, that's yeah. the, the wind, they, the turbines. They had, they had a city shot where you could actually see the California flag. You can oh. see the little bear flag um, on yeah, a building somewhere. The, like where the windmills were when he was running through that field of windmills, you could see the California flag there. And uh, no, it was it was a nighttime city scene. I, I think it was just one shot where he's. Um, it might have been during the memory montage, actually. Um, I'm trying to think of where that was, but it was a little bit later. I think it was past the halfway point. So that made me think. I was trying to figure out. Um, where it was supposed to be set <laughs> because if it wasn't california might have spotted an error there right yeah. imdb <laughs> go now, on the goose section <laughs> looking at the uh, trivia section on the uh, imdb one thing i mentioned before the recording which i um, totally forgot when we started uh, the original title for the movie is somnio s-o-m-n-i-o mm-hmm. And that's Latin for dream. Um, And I got to say, they said the distributor thought the title was too abstract. I'm Mm. glad they chose Infinity Chamber. Um, Yeah. Somnio just sounds like the um, forgotten middle Mario brother. (laughs) 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 Woohoo! He can't even enter pipes. (laughs) (laughs) He's ethereal. At least she doesn't wear later hosen though. <laughs> you better Luigi. not. I know. Damn it, Luigi. <laughs> oh man, but um, yeah, I would honestly be interested in seeing this guy's other work. I this was yeah. incredible. <laughs> I'm gonna ask if um, do you know if he's uh like any of his other work? Like, has he directed or written anything else? I'm sure IMDb would. Um, he has. Looking at his Twitter account, he was talking about another movie that he had directed. Ooh. But um, let's see. I'm going to look this guy up. Travis Malloy. Since yeah. I have IMDb up, I might as well. Wow. Right. I'm doing it too. <laughs> he was like directed. Called Line of Sight. Hmm. He was born in 1969. Ooh. In Chicago, Illinois. Street Gun. Yeah. Yep. That was his first film that he directed, and this film that we just watched, Infinity Chamber, he directed it. It's only his second one, and it was 20 years since he directed his first film. Oh, he wrote uh, Pandorum. Hmm. Don't think I've seen that one. I remember it, but yeah, I haven't seen it either. Let's see. Writer... So if anyone out there likes that movie, <laughs> he, he helped. He helped edit. He helped edit in Infinity Chamber. Wow. He's got an editing credit for it. <laughs> Let's 
let's see, art department. Uh, that's weird that he doesn't have an art credit for Infinity Chamber on here either. Yeah. Do you mind going to the actor who played yeah. uh, Frank? Frank, yes. Uh, Christopher, one second. Uh, yeah. He had some strange last name. Soren Kelly. Wow. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I'm looking his movies up here. Ink, 2009, not Ink Heart, but... Uh, and his most recent one, it looks like The Tangle. Yeah. <laughs> the Tangle. Let's see, has he been in any... Uh, he was uh, an extra in the Fargo series. Hmm. Whoa. Hmm. Said he was uh, a uniform officer. That that was his name, uniform officer. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go oh, through the whole series looking for him now. <laughs> that's uh, that's interesting. He's a he was in uh, Dushaholics as Obi Two Kenobi. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a real uh, Oscar winner right there. <laughs> it's a series. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I uh, I didn't expect this guy to have uh, this many credits. Yeah, he's uh he did uh, writing, producing. Huh. His face just looks really familiar, and looking at everything that he's been in, I can kind of tell why. <laughs> <laughs> he's been implanted into our memories. <laughs> oh no! Look behind you. Is there a fan? <laughs> <laughs> He's coming to shoot you with a taser. <laughs> There's a robot coming out of your baseboards. <laughs> no. Now, uh, Cassandra Clark, who played Gabby in this, she has pretty nice resume, too. Really? Mm-hmm. I wonder if she's been in anything familiar, because she does look familiar. Um, Deadly Wives. Um, let's see... A lot of these are shorts, but um, and she directed nine episodes of this TV series called Englishman in L.A. Wow. I've never seen that, unfortunately, but uh, I don't know. If her directing is as good as her acting, I'd be willing to watch it. <laughs> All right. Well, for the listeners, uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, any final remarks about the movie before we go into? Um, it's, uh, I'm trying to think of a, a good thing to compare it to for, uh, well, I guess anyone who's gotten to this point has either seen it or doesn't mind um, right. spoilers, so. <laughs> I don't know if this would be a customary uh, place for recommendations. Oh, go but, for it. Uh, yeah. I no, I can't think of any. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I got a bunch. I, <laughs> this this felt like it would have been uh, also a good uh, like Black Mirror episode. Yeah. yeah. Like a Twilight yeah. Zone oh, sort of idea. Yeah, the yeah. Twilight Zone instantly came to my mind. Yeah. I've yeah, been watching a lot of that good template. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It reminded me, when you mentioned Black Mirror, it just reminded me of a very, very specific episode. You remember the one with the, the guy from Get Out? Is a, this yeah. guy who lives, he rides yeah. a bike to... Mm -hmm. That was He's the one that the I was room. thinking of. <laughs> yeah. It's one of my favorites, actually, of the Black Mirror series. Mm -hmm. I, thought of, uh, I thought of White Christmas, the one with John Hamm. Uh, the whole the whole interrogation in someone's mind thing. Um, I thought of that. It reminded me. I mean, it rem reminded me a lot of kind of Monte Cristo. Um, you know, the Guy Pierce version. You know, mm -hmm. so, uh, and then I, I was telling Alex it kind of reminds me of this movie called The Congress, which I very much recommend. Um, just the whole uh worlds existing inside people's minds and that's you know where they you know kind of exist for a time um very trippy it's very yeah. very good 
Uh, yeah. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The second that the the Congress, if you're looking for a a fantastic like sci-fi, yeah, film, just out of the blue. Yeah, it's man. it's really good. It's a powerful movie. Awesome. Yeah, I've I've written it down, and uh, that may be the next one I watch. You guys, <laughs> you got you got to let me you got to let me know what you think of it. Absolutely, I I definitely will. I'm. I'm excited to see it. I mean, hey, if you guys liked it, I bet I probably will. <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah. This, is that with uh, Robin Wright and uh, Harvey Keitel? Yep. Huh. And uh, I do and like Robin Wright. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. It's very, I mean, it's very, very meta. It's very uh, current with the times, just yeah. with uh, uh, deep fakes and um, the existence of, uh, uh, or I guess the, utility of actors yeah. coming up in this futuristic age and we were talking about how they're wanting to superimpose james dean's face on on some actor to have james dean play in a movie you know so that's that's pretty much the <laughs> plot of of congress and, and it's very very interesting so all right but okay. this movie infinity chamber loved it and i recommend it anybody who's got the time definitely Agreed. watch it tell all your friends to go watch infinity yeah. chamber because it's really good <laughs> it's very if, good. if you like good movies it's free on tubi, <laughs> it's free on tubi. that's where i watched it <laughs> on your free trial on amazon prime yeah <laughs> there you go <laughs> all right well listeners thank you guys so much brian blevins danny max and jared acker thank you guys so much Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of The Greatest Unknowns. If you like what you heard tonight, subscribe to The Greatest Unknowns on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, and make sure to like us on Facebook. We'll be back in two weeks with a different movie and different guests, so goodbye until then. We'll see you next time, and remember, if you see a movie that you think should be featured on an episode of The Greatest Unknowns, make sure you message it to us on Facebook, and we'll try to fit it into the schedule. So long, everybody. Have a great night.